This is Greg Olson, and I'm thrilled to introduce my new podcast, TE1. TE1 will chronicle a 60-year evolution of the tight end position, from its origins as an obscure, overlooked blocking role to the versatile superstar position that it is today. I'll explore the evolution of the position through conversations with some of the all-time game-changing tight ends. And just like the incredible tight ends we sit down with on my new show, the Chevy Silverado is in a league of its own. This truck is all about grit, strength, and dependability. The same attributes it takes to be a tight end. And what's up, everybody? Welcome to episode 35 of Land Parties from the Las Vegas Review Journal. This episode is brought to you by Bet Online. I am your host, Lucas Egan. Joining me, as always, is Ryan Smith. Ryan, how are you doing today? Doing well, my friend. It was actually, I, I can't believe I'm actually saying this, but it was a rather chill weekend uh, for me this weekend. I got some more Avengers in. I'm not going to lie, dude. Like, going through and playing it, I, you know, I've, I've finished the campaign. I'm, I'm doing the grindy grind now. And I don't know. I'm, I'm kind of like, the missions are very similar. Uh, and I could see, you know, I'm already kind of getting burned out on it and I haven't even, I don't even know what the max level is. I'm not even close to it. And it's still fun getting the shinies and the, and the exotics and stuff like that. But, uh, I would love to see some new content, uh, or, or some more content to this, especially as people are grinding for these levels. But other than that, man, it was, uh, it was a chill weekend. How about yourself, brother? It was good. I've noticed a pretty interesting dichotomy between the campaign and the multiplayer stuff. Uh, I still think the campaign was a blast. Uh, I think they really captured the spirit of like a superhero action movie down. Like I thought they got that down pretty well. The multiplayer is not as much fun. I'll agree with you there. Um, that needs some work. But enough about Avengers for right now. We've got a very special guest joining us this week, and we have Garen joining us, a professional Rocket League player for 8-Bit Esports. Garen, how are you doing today? I'm good. How are you guys? What's going on? Chilling, chilling, man. Glad to hear. We are doing well and excited to talk to you about 8-Bit Esports' uh, journey so far in Rocket League. But before we get to that, we just have a couple topics to chat about. Ryan, we saw a pretty interesting story break and then not break kind of about PlayStation (laughs) 5. If you want to kind of dive into that. Yeah, yeah. So, uh, and this was re this was reported uh, initially. Uh, I believe it was by the it was Bloomberg uh, from Bloomberg. Yes, Bloomberg, which is a rather credible source. Uh, but they reported that the uh, production for the PlayStation Five was going to be about uh, four million units short of what they originally projected. Uh, this news broke probably uh, five six hours ago. Three hours, I'm sorry, uh, a couple hours after that story broke, uh, another story broke, the unbreaking of the story, as Sony went ahead and denied, they flat out denied the Bloomberg uh, uh, <laughs> um, news, I suppose, breaking news. And let me, I, I got to say this quote, because this quote is fantastic. While we, do, while we do not release details related to manufacturing, the information provided by Bloomberg is false, Sony says. I don't know about you, but there's not a lot of companies that would just come out outright be like, nah, dude, that is just not true. 
Uh, so whatever Bloomberg's source was, uh, I, I, you know what I mean? What mistakes were made? Mistakes were made. Yeah, there's definitely not any wiggle room in that statement. That's for sure. And that's reassuring. That is, I'm glad that that was a mistake because 4 million units is a massive number to cut, <laughs> especially mm-hmm. this late and this close to the uh, what we're all assuming launch date coming up here in uh, a couple months now. So thank goodness this isn't true. Um, somebody at Bloomberg's in trouble. I would. Yeah, I would think so. Well, the other thing, too, is I, I kind of feel like kind of they're almost playing with that FOMO emotion of people like I think there's going to be plenty and I think they're actually going to sell a little under projection. I mean, again, this is all going to depend on what that price is. As we know, this drops today, Wednesday. The the news, of course, comes on later today as far as what the, the show, the Sony showcase is going to be about. I'm assuming it is going to give us the final pieces of the puzzle. We're going to get the price. We're going to get the the day that it's dropping. And I can almost guarantee you, I've said it in multiple episodes. I think if they are, if they are going to, if they're following any formula like they did uh, uh, for the PS4 drop, they will undercut Xbox's price and, and uh, uh, play them out like that. That's how I think it's going to play out personally. We'll see. Garen, how excited are you for these next gen consoles? Uh, I'm really hyped, actually. The main reason for me as like a PC player is to test the controllers because we've been on these PS4 or Xbox One, that kind of stuff. The controllers for like, you know, five, six years, however long it's been. Um, so it's really going to be crazy for like PC players, at least for Rocket League, to uh, try these like next gen uh, controllers. Maybe they're better, maybe they're worse. It's going to be like a, an interesting $100 test. I don't know how much the controllers are going to be. Yeah, because I think they talked about them probably being more expensive uh, than we've seen in the past. But obviously, and especially going from, you know, what I mean, playing on console to playing on a key, uh, PC. And there's some games that I play on PC with uh, a PlayStation controller just because I've always played those games uh, with a controller and it just feels right for me. I can play keyboard and mouse, but what feels best to me is playing with a controller on some games. So it'll be interesting to see how much and how far they've come as far as the responsiveness and using a, a controller with a PC. And you know, Sony's been making a huge deal about the responsiveness of their DualShocks coming out. So that hopefully it lives up to the hype in that response because they've gone hard in their marketing about that uh, and about the kind of different feedback you can get on that and responsiveness. I am wondering, you know, what that price is going to be because when Ryan, when you think that they're going to drop below the Xbox, do you do you think they're going to wind up between the Series X and Series S price? It's so and this is where it's going to be kind of weird because we know there's going to be two versions of uh, the PlayStation as well. My guess would be that we have the Xbox Series X at four ninety nine. I'm saying four fifty for the the uh, the PlayStation Five with the disc, and I'm thinking. Uh, I don't think they'll go as low as two fifty. I'll say two ninety nine as well for um uh whatever their their digital version is, either two ninety nine or three fifty. So you think they're gonna match the Series S with the digital version? I don't know that you can go any lower. I mean, I mean, yeah, I guess you can, but I feel like you'll be eating a lot more. Here, here's my question about that though, because aside from not having a disc drive, isn't isn't that the only difference between the two PS five models? 
I don't know that that has been confirmed, and that's my biggest thing. I don't know what the difference, other than the, the one having a disk drive and one not, uh, if they're going that route and that is the case and that's the only difference, uh, that's fantastic. And and then I think it'll be above what the Series S is because I think the Series X or I'm sorry, Series S, uh, they made some some graphical compromises. And I'm sure I haven't really dug deep into it, and, uh, but there are some other compromises that, that, that you would have to make getting that uh, consumer friendly price as opposed to paying the big ducats, the big boy uh, uh, prices and getting all the features. You know, Garen, for you, if you were going to buy one of these two, how much are these price points playing into your mind or do you would you get set on one or the other based on specs or titles and just kind of be ready to roll with whatever that one cost? Well, I'd say for me, it's definitely a little bit different because I'm no longer like a competitive console player. So it definitely depends on what I'm looking for. So if I, I'm not even sure if I'll buy a, any console anymore. Uh, I'll for sure buy a controller, maybe the console. But if I am going to decide on the console... Uh, the price point definitely is a big matter. Also, the graphics. If the graphics is a huge difference, it, it definitely matters. Like graphics is huge, especially for like every casual gamer. They want to, you know, consume the best uh, as long as the price isn't too, you know, too crazy. Yeah, I I, I agree with that one hundred percent. Well, the other thing too. So so you're a primary PC player. Um, you know, you have Xbox, which now you know you're able to get Game Pass. Game Pass moving forward is going to have all those games on there as well. I almost kind of feel like you know if you have a PC, there's really no point in owning an Xbox. Whereas at least with PlayStation, you'll be able to get your hands on these exclusive games that you can only get on their system. Uh, yeah, I actually really like that. I, I kind of forgot about that, how PlayStation has all these really nice exclusives. That's for sure fantastic. And I was considering buying uh, the PS5 mainly just for that, actually. I, I kind of forgot about mm-hmm. that. That's a good one. That's that's massive. Yeah, I mean, regardless, dude, I am excited. It is heating up, y'all. We got the price for Xbox uh, leaked out last week. Uh, here we are on the cusp of the Sony event that no doubt... They have to reveal the price and shipping date. It has to come out tomorrow. If, if it doesn't come out tomorrow, I, I'm, I'm telling you, I'm going to flip tables. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to turn into the Hulk. Uh, I just can't take any more of it. I can't take any more of it. I need to know. Now, I will say this. Technically speaking, the release that they sent out makes no mention that they're going to reveal those details. We're all assuming they are. I would assume that if they don't, the price is more expensive than any of us were anticipating. Like, that's the only reason to hold that back if you're at this point in time. But I feel like I should just pre-record responses right now and be like, whoa, that's cheap. (laughs) Or can you believe how much that is? (laughs) (laughs) It's definitely it's definitely exciting. I mean, it's always exciting when you have uh, new consoles dropping and just to be able to get your hands on those in the games, uh, the technology and the stuff and and the changes that we don't know and what we're going to feel and see. Uh, is is always an exciting time in in video gaming, uh, and then we know too that there's you know on the cusp is a p- uh, p- possible uh, 4K um, switch, and who knows what Nintendo will do. But I've got to say, as far as with Sony, I think that they laid out a plan a long time ago, and they have stuck to that plan to a T. My only complaint is nobody knows what that plan is. <laughs> <laughs> Is it working? Only they know. <laughs> but I mean, again, it is. The, the hype is still there. 
the hype is still there. It's just like now it's at the point where it's like, look, man, how much do people need to save up to get our hands on that? Not only that, but then you got stories coming out saying uh, this is going to be hard, uh, hard to get because they're underselling or, or underproducing because of this and that. And then that ends up being uh, not not cooperated. And, and somebody says, oh, nay, nay, that is false. That is not the deal. We've we've been in full production this whole time. The numbers still stand again. I, I don't think there's going to be an issue. And I, and I believe and I got to don't don't quote me on this, but I'm pretty sure in this article, they also said something about, uh, you know, that they will be able to uh, meet the demand of the United States. I don't know what that means for the rest of the world, but it sounds like they're almost trying to say guaranteed if you live in the States, you will be able to get your hands on a PlayStation 5 one way or the other. So we'll see. It's, 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 sorry, go ahead. I say, which is good to know because I, I'm still not entirely sure of their pre-order process there's a lot this generation that's just weird that that I'm glad we're getting clarity on. Yeah. Yeah. And I don't know, dude, like, cause I mean, there could be the, the, after the conference, they say, or during the conference, they say, you know, immediately after the conference, you can go in and pre-order your PlayStation five right now. And then, you know, the internet blows up and, and all that good stuff happens, or maybe they hold off on it. And, you know, again, I don't know why they I don't understand why they're holding up. I understood when they didn't have the price point out. But like once you have that price out there, it's like, look, dude, let let people give you, you know, take my wallet and all that. This is what you want anyway. You know what I mean? Like, don't nothing is 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 covered in in shroud and, and, and shadows like all the details are out there. Let me get the thing. <laughs> exactly. Hey, by this time next week, we're all going to know more. Knock on wood. We have to That's know. right. More. It's it's impossible not to know more. It give us any any piece of information. <laughs> I, I hope. Otherwise, otherwise, you're gonna have a, a lot of uh, uh, people on the internet super salty. I imagine. <laughs> uh, switching gears though, real quick, guys. I just wanted to uh, briefly talk about uh, Overwatch League. Here we are getting into uh, the grand finals weekend, which will be October eighth. Through the 10th, these are your matchups here. Uh, out of Asia, you've got Seoul Dynasty. They're going to be going up against NA uh, First Squad, San Francisco Shock. We, I believe we call this uh, at the beginning of the season. Uh, Shock was, uh, Shock was uh, pretty strong throughout, as well as Fusion and the Shanghai Dragons. So that is getting heated up. Uh, we will definitely be covering that here that weekend, October 8th and 10th. I don't know if you guys have had a chance or not to check out uh, any of the playoffs. What are you guys' thoughts on that? I am just going to go out and say I think the Dragons are going to win. Um, it looks like they've been playing. Now, to be fair, uh, the Soul Dynasty gave them a pretty tough match, uh, tougher than I thought it was going to be. But I think on paper, the Dragons are the most talented team. And when they are playing together and up to their potential, I think that I, to me, they're the best team. So they're my pick. What about you, Garen? Um, what, what team's from New York? I don't remember the name. They weren't even in the, they weren't even in the, uh, in the tournament. Yeah, so that kind of proves my what I'm going to say. I, I haven't watched <laughs> Overwatch in probably about two years, and at least like professional Overwatch. And back when I watched, they were by far the best, or at least back when in North America for sure. Uh, so yeah, I don't, I don't, literally do not follow Overwatch. However, I think Overwatch is super fun to watch. I just I cannot keep up with everything because I keep up with a lot of a uh, lot of uh, gaming and stuff. 
Yeah, no, I you know, and I, I feel you on that too. It, it it like the seasons, and this was a broken up season too, so it was very you know it was it was going, and then it stopped. There was a hiatus, and then it came back, and it was kind of hard to get that momentum back. You know, I gotta say though, I think the other thing that's really hurt Overwatch League was their move from Twitch over to YouTube Gaming. Uh, you know, they didn't have the same incentives, uh, that Twitch had. They're, they're trying to build that stuff in. But again, we know as, as people that stream and stuff like that, the number one place to go for streamers is, is going to be typically Twitch is where people are watching streams. Now, YouTube gaming is definitely on the come up. Uh, but again, as somebody that started watching Twitch and then trying to go to these other platforms, it kind of feels a little weird. It, you know what I mean? Like it's not the same, I guess. So I kind of feel like that, that definitely hurt the league as a whole making that switch. And I still never understood why they made that move. I'm guessing there was some sort of monetary, uh, um, something monetary wise in the background that we, that we don't know about. Um, but yeah, yeah. You know, it's, it's, it's definitely this, especially this season, it has been a very, very uh, weird year. Uh, however, I got to, I mean, me personally, I'm going with, uh, uh, the underdogs here. I got to go with the uh, Philly Fusion. I felt like they started off the season strong. Uh, they've played uh, fairly strong. They've been uh, uh, fairly consistent. And the fact that they did end up making it to the finals, I mean, we call that like week, week I don't know, three or four of, of land parties here that, you know, these guys are, 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 are the real deal here. Uh, I, that is not surprising. So I'm going to go with Philly on this. Uh, but again, we can't, we also can't count out, uh, the shock as well, uh, because they're actually, they're pretty solid and they've been pretty strong throughout. So it'll be interesting again, October 8th is when the grand finales, grand finals, uh, weekend kicks off. It, it will be uh, hot, hot, Overwatch action. I am looking forward uh, to that. However, let's take a quick break, everybody. We'll come back on the other side of this break. We're going to sit down. We are going to jibber jab where Garen and get all up into it. We'll be right back, guys. You've counted on restaurants. Now they're counting on you. And while their dining rooms may be closed, they're still open for delivery with DoorDash. DoorDash is the app that brings you the food you're craving right to your door. Ordering is easy. Open the DoorDash app, choose what you want to eat, and your food will be left safely outside your door with the new contactless delivery drop-off setting. Choose from your favorite national restaurants like Chipotle, Wendy's, and the Cheesecake Factory. Many of your local favorite restaurants are still open for delivery, too. Just open the DoorDash app, select your favorite local spot, and your food is on its way. Right now, our listeners can get $5 off and zero delivery fees on their first order of $15 or more when you download the DoorDash app and enter the promo code BLUEWIRE. That's $5 off your order and zero delivery fees when you download the DoorDash app in the App Store and enter the code BLUEWIRE. Don't forget, that's code BLUEWIRE for $5 off your first order with DoorDash. Sundays, Sundays, Sundays are coming back in the NFL. With NFLSundayTicket.tv, you can stream every live, out-of-market NFL game every Sunday afternoon on your favorite devices. Plus, Red Zone and DirecTV Fantasy Zone channels means you'll never miss your favorite teams or favorite players. 
No matter where you live, NFLSundayTicket.tv is your key to the most glorious Sundays ever. Use the promo code BLUEWIRE at checkout to get 15% off your subscription. Visit NFLSundayTicket.tv and use the promo code BLUEWIRE. And welcome back. Thanks for listening to that short message. And I'm excited to get into this. Garen, take me back to the beginning. What attracted to you to Rocket League at first? And take me through, take us through your professional journey so far. So basically, I'm definitely like, like all the stars aligned. I guess it's a good way to put it. I was seven years old playing PS3, and I got it. Um, there's this game called Supersonic Acrobatic Rocket Power Battle Cars. It was on PS3. I played the demo, and it was free. You know, I, I love the game. It was so much fun. Then I, I asked for it for my birthday, and I got it. It was like a $10 game, and I played it, whatever. So it was fun. This is back when I was seven years old. Then I get a PS4 for, like, my birthday when I turned 13. My 13th birthday, I got it. And then we got PlayStation Plus all locked up. And then I'm like, oh, you get free games for having this. And it's Rocket League. Rocket League is the game that is for free. So, of course, I download it. And after playing for about two days, just having, like, the like, like a whole lot of fun. It's so fun. I'm like, wait a second. I've played this before because Supersonic Acrobatic Rocket Power Battle Cars is the sequel to Rocket League. And I had no oh. clue. So so there are, like, I'm pretty sure about two or three pros that have played that game that are still pros in this day. So when you ask them, hey, did he play Supersonic Acrobatic Rocket Power Battle Cars? Most people are like, nah, like, no one's played that. But I have, and it's just, like, the most ironic thing ever. Like, I had no clue what I was doing, but I have. So everything really just aligned. And once I, like, I don't know, it just, it was so much fun. I'd play every single day after middle school, go home, play games. And that's how that happened. I was 14 years old. I was top 100, top 10 on PS4, and I just did not stop playing. And then it came to the point where I wanted to switch to PC because all the good players were there. And they were like, yeah, like you have to go to PC to, you know, go pro. I said, yeah, of course. So, yeah, that, that's, that was the beginning. When did it start to change in your mind that you wanted to go pro? Like what was your thought process into pursuing that? So I was definitely inspired by the – well, I guess it's a weird way to say it, but I was inspired by the fact that you can make money doing it. I'm pretty sure everyone is at, at some point. It's like, wow, like you can make a living off doing this stuff, and it's super fun. I, I don't want to, I don't want a job. I'd rather play video games. That's what I was thinking, and I was top ten in one v one. This is my first time ever being like, uh, you know, I guess known, and I played in one v one show matches for a lot of money, and that's when it started. I'm like, okay, yeah, this is gonna keep going for sure. So I'd always play and just try to get better from there. So just with the popularity of Rocket League and and seeing how much it has developed, uh, I mean, was that something that that you saw longevity in or it was just like, hey, man, I'm enjoying this game and then it just kind of grew from there? Oh, man, if if I thought about longevity of Rocket League when I was 14, I'd probably be too smart. I, I was, that was <laughs> a lot. I, I, the only thing I thought of was having a lot of fun. So I was having fun and I wanted to go pro because there were current pros. I didn't think if there would be pros next year. I didn't think about that. I thought, I'm like, oh, there's pros now. Okay, I, I'd want to be one of those. So I, you know, I went for it. I had no clue about any longevity. Now that I think about it, I do think it's 100%. It's going to be a long time before Rocket League dies for sure. Oh, sorry. Why do you think that is? What makes this game so uh, enduring to people? Well, it depends who you're asking. I'd say... 
if you're talking about the actual gamers, I think it's just how much fun it is. It, it's so different, but it's so fun to play with friends. It's like um, not many like competitive games are, let's say like a like a party game. So for example, I guess Fall Guys now it's a huge game now. It's not competitive. It's just not Fall or uh, I don't know. Maybe it can be, but it's not as competitive <laughs> as Rocket League. So Rocket League is a game you play with your friends. It's super fun, and there's a pro league to it. That's for the gamers. That's why it's fun to them. As for the uh, those who are interested in the esports, it's so easy to understand what is going on. Like, everyone knows how soccer or really, you know, football works. It's just you know the score on the top, and that that's about it. And you you score the goal. It's just that simple. It's super fun to watch. And if you've played the game at all, you understand how crazy these mechanics are. the The mechanical play of these pro players are just like you'll never be able to do it yourself. Usually, most most players. So it's just crazy to watch, and it's very easy to watch. No, it really is, too. Like, it is literally like, you know what I mean? Like, you're there watching this match going on. You see people do these crazy shots or whatever. You got these these hype casters that are that are all pumped about it. Like, it is a ton of fun to watch. It is a, a ton of fun to play. Also, too, this was one of the earlier uh, games that kind of adopted this crossplay. Uh, how do you think that factored into uh, the success of Rocket League? Oh yeah, it, it's it's for sure huge. I I when I thought of crossplay, I just thought of like all these console players being able to play with me. Because uh, specifically for me, I guess I can use a personal example. I left my friends on console just to you know try to get better on PC. I I always thought to myself, okay, yeah, when I want to play with you, I'll just go back to console. But for everyone that knows that switches to PC and goes back to console, <laughs> it's just not possible. It's just not. It's like, not. Yeah, 60 FPS and all the input input delay, it's not possible. I'm not doing it. It was so sad that, to me that I'd rather ditch my closest friends to, to play on with, uh, with better <laughs> FPS. It's so bad. But as soon as it happened, I'm like, oh, my God, like I can play with you guys. This is so awesome. So that was my personal experience with that. And I'm sure many people had something similar or just something like, oh, yeah, this guy just he's on PC. I'll play with him. He doesn't have to go back to console to play with us. Uh, and that was huge. I believe it was one of the first games to really put that in. And it's really nice. Take us through some of the more recent developments. What led you to working with 8-Bit and uh, kind of spearheading their team here? So as for like, I, I'd say I'm kind of at a bit of a, let's say, I'm not going into like the highest, highest level yet. I've been at the same level for about two to three years. I've been at this scene where it's called the bubble scene where you're not good enough to be on, let's say, G2 or like Cloud9, those teams, but you're good enough to beat them sometimes. That that's I've been there for so long. So I subbed for Rogue last season, and they, event, they eventually got a coach that wanted to be their sub. I'm like, oh, yeah, that's cool. That's fine. I'll leave you guys. And I decided I wanted to compete again, and that I, I got a lot better during my practice times with Rogue. I had uh, All I did was just play and improve during that time. So I ended up joining 8-Bit. Well, I made a team with my teammates, and 8-Bit picked us up. I've always been at this level. It's just about now hopefully we can go even further up. Technically, due to this new RLCS format, I am professional because we're in RLCS. But 32 teams in North America are considered professional now, while before it was only 10. So, yeah, I guess I'm professional now, but by no means am I like 10 times better than I was a year ago. What is that difference? What's going to cause you to reach that next level? It's definitely just literally a little bit of everything because I'd, I'd argue that the difference between, for example, my team, let's say we're top uh, 20, 24 in North America, 
the difference between us and the top 48 is insane. There's a huge difference. But the difference between top 24 and top 10 is really not much of a difference. We need to all improve just barely, all individually and then as a team, teamwork, better practice. All of that needs to just a little bit better and we can for sure be on that level. Just a little bit of everything. Wait, so do you you play this with uh sorry, you you play this with controller? Yeah, everyone does almost. Uh, oh, okay. I can do some quick math here. So, I believe there are two European professionals on keyboard and one in OCE and the rest of the hundreds of professionals are on controller. Gotcha. So, I know that you guys uh came off a um a pretty tough draw this past weekend. What did you guys take away from your matches this past weekend? Well, what we took away was RLCS teams are 8 million times better in RLCS than in smaller tournaments. That's that's honestly the huge thing because we played um, teams called Rogue and Version 1. Version 1 and Rogue are both top, I'd say, top 8 in North America for sure. We'd play them in like uh, tournaments called Astro. This is Astro Tournament once a month. We, we'd play teams like that and like, they're good, but we realize, like, oh, yeah, we can beat these guys for sure. And then we play them in RLCS, and I feel like they're all just gods. They are completely different. And I'm assuming it's because they know what's on the line, all of that. So we learned that we just need to be better. That That's it. It's that simple. They are so good, and we need to be better to be able to beat them. What would you say, like, a, a typical uh, day, like, practicing for you guys or outside of tournaments and stuff like that? So every day, I believe we aim for an average of two scrims. Each scrim is an hour. You just play the same team for an hour. Uh, we do that at around four, four to like seven Pacific time, and we would do that. And during those scrims, we'd be we try our, our very hardest and make sure to improve. Like the whole point of a scrim is not to win, rather to practice what you're bad at. So depending on the day, we'd either be practicing on our communications, whether one person has to position in a certain way. Uh, depending on, let's say, I should uh, hit the ball to a certain person at a certain time. We always have to practice a very certain thing depending on the day. So that it, it's always different. I'd say we aim for two scrims a, a day, but in the week probably do about maybe 12, 12 a week. Wow. Yeah, that is – and that is uh... – that is a lot of time spent. And again, I think there's a, <laughs> there's a lot of people that don't realize uh, as far as with professional esports and, and gaming, there is a lot of time of just playing and playing and and really, you know, dialing in those those combos or, you know, certain moves and stuff like that. Uh, it's it, that's huge. Yeah, for sure. Uh, it really does take a bunch of time. But in all reality, the best thing to do apart from the scrims because that improves you as a team, but it is, it is your job to improve uh, individually because even no matter how good we get as a team, like we can, I don't think even if we, we become the best team, we don't have the individual skill to be the best. So we need to all improve while also improving our team. Yeah. And I just want to point out for those that uh, uh, probably seen us on, on socials and whatnot, but we have your picture up and, and uh, it, it's got a rocket league logo. When do we get to see the face? So you do get to see the face once 8-Bit Esports on Twitter reaches a thousand followers and we're pretty, pretty close here. Let me, let me see exactly how many, I believe maybe 40. Let's see. Oh, that's uh, super close. Oh, yeah. You get, to, you get to see all that fanciness behind that. Yeah. Uh, let's see. 45 more followers. 8-bit underscore esports on Twitter. 
follow that and then you'll be able to see the glorious oh i mean some may think that my face is the rocket league picture but it actually <laughs> i'll disclose that right now you know talk to us about your teammates and what's what's the key to having a great team in rocket league and what things are you looking for when you are looking for the, the right teammates so we we recently made a well my current team is their names are deck and tivar we made a change we had a teammate named absorbent karma we ended up releasing him for tivar we we looked at tivar because we needed to find the new player for example so justin on nrg currently a player named Lachino, he was like, yeah, this guy looks like he can have super potential. He picked him up, and he was the best player in the world after that. So we were looking for that player, and we looked at Tivar. Looking at Tivar, we look at him as he's really young. He's 15 years old, and he really, really, really wants to make it. That's all you need. If you really want to make it, and his mechanics are extremely good. He has the best mechanics on the team. Um, if he's just like that, he's nuts at the game, he really wants to make it, that, that's all it is. Uh, that really is all it is. As for the whole team, the best thing we can do is make sure we're having fun. And we definitely do that because TR is hilarious. Like sometimes we can't even focus on our scrims because he's just, he's just making us laugh way too much. There are so many clips on that. But the, that is the best thing to do. Make sure we're having fun. Make sure we don't want to like stop playing because there are points in Rocket League where like, wow, like this is horrible. I do not want to play. But TR makes it so that doesn't happen. You know, when you look back on your journey so far, if you hadn't discovered Rocket League, if that just had not come across you at first, what do you think you'd be doing? What do you think you'd be playing? So that's actually a great question because before Rocket League, I was a Call of Duty main. Uh, I mean, I was young. I wasn't pro. I didn't want to go pro. I wanted to just have fun. And it was very fun. <laughs> However, it I don't know if this is just me, but every single Call of Duty that came out after Rocket League has been bad or just I have not enjoyed it nearly as much. So I do think I probably would have quit gaming. Probably. Uh, I'd be in the same spot as I am right now. I'd probably be in college and I'd just be focusing on that. And I, I mean, given the current conditions, I have no clue. I'd probably just be doing my homework and nothing else. So I'm glad I'm doing this. Maybe I'd probably be playing games with friends like all the boys do that, but not i would not be good at anything what would you say rocket league has meant to you then it literally everything like i've met my best friends on rocket league i've had the most fun on rocket league i've made the most progression in anything like i've made myself someone i guess because it like let's say other than rocket league i was just like i went to school that's about it so in school i mean i'm not like the smartest guy ever but i also passed my classes just fine so like in school i wasn't anything i wasn't like the smartest guy in math whatever but in Rocket League, I can safely say I am the best player in Nevada. Like, that's huge. Um, professional player, all of this, and that, that means a lot. If you were talking to your younger self, if you got to talk to 13 or 14-year-old Garen coming up now, what's that piece of advice that you know now that you didn't know back then that you think would have helped you more uh, on your professional career? Uh, I'd probably say to switch to PC. I mean, that that's like a really weird one but switching to pc quicker would have made me a lot better i i was one of like the later people to switch to pc um just because it's like the greatest way to improve you there's like a little like it's like a soft cap on um on console where you just can't improve as as quickly just because of the the input delay and then 60 hertz 60 fps that stuff but in on like an emotional stance it would just be the no matter how boring the game is do not stop playing because i've had 
times where I've quit for a certain amount of time. Not too long of a time. I've quit for quit for a week, quit for two weeks. But I do believe if I just never ended up doing any of those, I'd be a lot better. So you mentioned that you're you're in school now and kind of thinking ahead. I know you still got a lot of playing left to do, but uh, I don't know if there's any time for what you're doing in school and, you know, what what your plans are maybe after you stop playing or after you stop playing at least competitively. Um, well, after I stop playing competitively, well, I, I don't know when that's going to be, actually. I've already kind of made a plan for myself. I'm going into business and finance and, and school, so... After the, I definitely will not quit Rocket League within four years because no matter what, I will be playing in the college Rocket League league. Right. Uh, I'll be playing with UNLV. So no matter what, I will be playing in that because it's it's pretty good scholarship money no matter what. Um, but if I'm not not professional after I graduate college, I will be quitting for sure. I just won't play anymore, and I'll probably just get a you know normie job as they say. <laughs> Them normie jobs. <laughs> You know, it's fun to see this because, you know, when I was in college, it was a little bit before the whole collegiate esports movement really kicked into high gear. What do you think has made the difference to people seeing esports as uh, a more legitimate sport for people to play in college? And where do you think it still needs to go? And where would you like it to grow kind of going forward? For college, I think it needs to be more money needs to be put into it. When it comes to like uh, production, I feel like uh, at least for Rocket League, it's very good. But I don't really watch like, um, for example, I guess Overwatch uh, College. I know it exists. I don't watch League of Legends Overwatch or no, what League of Legends College. I just don't watch that stuff. And I feel like it's because it's just not really too popular. Not because the players are bad. I think it's very interesting. But rather, it, there's not much money going into it to make it as good as, as it is. For Rocket League, there's a whole like production it's very good it's the same as rlcs nearly but for other games i do think there needs to be more money into it yeah it's funny that you say that because that's something that we we have spoken about just the challenges of esports and and getting people into these venues and really getting a you know a, a solid fan base a, a you know a home team fan base or you know and that's going to come with bigger productions uh thinking and and being a lot more innovative in the presentation because uh, I feel like and you've got a lot of people in the esports side where you have uh, these investors that are also invested in things like the NFL uh, professional sports and stuff like that so you would think that they would start bringing some of those aspects and I think you're right we we, we do see things in like the big rocket league uh, League of Legends like those huge mega productions uh, it's just that would be tough. Um, to do at a collegiate level just because there is no money as far as, you know what I mean? So like, it would be nice to see people doing that. And then, and then even making, you know, even like with college sports, uh, you know, there's huge rivalries and there's big money in that. I would like to see them also now putting some of that effort at the college level uh, as far as esports. Yeah, for sure. I, I did that. That is a good thing for CRL or CRL is just called Rocket League. Um the prize pool is pretty good. It, it is a bit different because prior to this new uh, RLCS format, there was this thing called RLRS, which is RLCS is top 10, and then RLRS is 10 through 20. So they're still extremely, extremely good teams, but CRL will be getting paid more than RLRS for being worse at the game, if that makes any sense. So for Rocket League, I feel like we don't have that much of a problem when it comes to CRL. Um, it's not that bad. It is very interesting. It gets high viewership. Uh, it's about like 30,000 viewers on Twitch when it's on. 
that's just for the regular league. It's definitely more for the finals and stuff when there was LAN. But uh, as for other games, I'm not sure. Uh, I literally haven't watched it, so that's probably a problem. I haven't seen it. <laughs> you know, you know. Let me ask about Eight uh, Bits' immediate future here. You guys have got some more matches coming up in October. What are your expectations for that? What are you looking to achieve there? So we're for sure guaranteed, or not guaranteed, but we know we're going to make it at least as far as we did uh, this last this last weekend. Uh, we know we'll make it for sure. The goal is to make a uh, stage two. We made the the main events RLCS stage one. It, it was a Swiss bracket. We ended up going one and three. We had to go three, or we had to just win three. Our goal is to win three and make that stage two. You know, when when you're in this time period lead, leading up to these matches here, you know, you mentioned that it's it's important to have fun there. Does it get tense at all? Does it get nerve-wracking at all or do you guys keep it more lighthearted in the lead-up so it definitely uh, is different per player all the current top teams they do not get nervous uh at least in stage one or stage two even uh they usually don't get nervous so i'm not i cannot speak for my teammates but i've been in these nervous situations so often that i'm no longer nervous as a matter of fact my rocket league has actually made me less nervous at like school for example uh I never liked like uh, presenting my English projects and be like, oh, I have to talk in front of 40 people. Oh, no. But that's <laughs> like it's completely fixed that where I'm just not nervous with nearly anything now, which is very good. So I'm not nervous for any of that. Um, it does get serious. Like, you know, we are seriously coming to like we don't just laugh when like someone misses or whatever. Uh, we don't just laugh off when we're getting destroyed. But um, we also do tend to just have fun no matter what like we'll just get super excited when a goal goes in all that stuff very nice what's the biggest thing rocket league has taught you or helped you improve in in maybe an area outside of just gaming um probably well (laughs) i I guess one thing i could say is reaction time my reaction time is nuts but that's just for all games uh it definitely i already said it actually is for sure my reaction time or wait i know not reaction time i just said that my my nerves my nerves, like, I am not nervous with anything. I just know, like, wow. Because I, um, I played uh, with Rogue. I played on, I subbed in. I played Rogue against Flight for a huge RLCS match. S- like, 70,000 people watching on Twitch. I had to perform. I had no warm-up because one of our players had internet go out and I had to rush home. I performed under that, and I was not nervous at all. All of that, I was so happy to not be nervous because if I played nervous, we would have lost. And Colonel B would not be in our LCS. So, um, in that moment, do they do they basically just contact you and go, "You need to get home right now"? Yeah, (laughs) it was great. That's crazy. The the Rocket League manager he said, "Hey, uh, Wonders Internet just went out. We're gonna need you." And I'm at a at a park. Like, (laughs) it's it's been like interesting. It's very bad timing. This is like after one month of coronavirus and. uh, my parents are like, hey, we literally have not left the house. Let's go, like, walk in a park separate from others. I'm like, okay. And the second we go out, I have to go back. So, <laughs> yeah. So I got back, no warm-up, and I had to play in a huge match. You know, speaking of your parents, did they – were they hesitant of your your path or your desire to go pro? Or were they, did they understand it? Did you have to kind of explain it to them at all? Oh, yeah. Uh, my parents still – don't understand it fully no matter how much i say it because <laughs> they, they make the same uh, argument so the for example they'd be like hey 
uh, we're going to go out on this day for dinner. I'm like, ah, I have this tournament. I can we go a different day. They're like, just don't do the tournament. I'm like, wait, but, but I need to like, think of it as yeah. work. you don't just skip work. And they're like, but you don't have to. I'm like, well, you don't have to do your work either. So then it's just that, that <laughs> argument, the argument. It's like, yeah, but I'll get fired. I'm like, same. So it's, yeah. I don't know. It, it's that argument. My parents are like, we're middle Eastern. We're Arab. So especially for my dad, it's very hard to explain that I can make money playing video games or because it's all about money. It's like, oh, yeah, sure. You can be good at something good at a video game. You can be good at clapping really fast. Will you be will you make money off it? That's just the, that's the main question. I said, like, yeah, like that's how it works. And he still doesn't understand how I'm making money playing games. I'm like, yeah, I'm just good. And he's like, but why would anyone pay you for that? I'm like, I don't know. <laughs> so it's hard to explain. It's always like that. But my, at the end of the day, my parents do like that I'm doing what I like. So that, that's what matters. My last question would be, I know that you've, you've lived in Nevada for a while. So do you get a sense of pride or, or this excitement to be part of a hometown team like this and, and be able to kind of put your roots down for, for Aitman and everything they're trying to do locally. Yeah. I'm actually really glad about that. In rocket league organizations don't care about location. I suppose Mm -hmm. a good example is like big orgs from like, let's say they're based on Europe. They have no problem with getting a North American team at all. And APA is literally the first org to at all try to get a, a good team from local. There are a bunch of like, you know, small orgs I've probably never heard of that have like a team in Kansas or something, but they're not good. Like there's no way. So the fact that APIT even tried to get someone from Vegas is huge. And I am glad that they, that I'm on it. At least I'm doing something for Nevada because I know I'm the best player in Nevada. Not going to sound cocky. It's a fact. It's a factual state. That's all I'm going to say. So I'm glad that at least I'm doing something for APIT. Challenge accepted. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, good luck. Yo, Garrett, again, where can we find you on the interwebs? What do you got going on, my friend? Uh, on Twitter, at G-A-R-E-N-N, just that simple at. And then on Twitch, G-A-R-E-N-N-R-L. That's just I stream sometimes. I stream the scrim, stream ranked, stream Rocket League. That's about it. That's what's up. Thank you again, my friend, for joining us here on Land Parties. We appreciate it. Best of luck uh, here in those future tournaments. We'll be watching for sure, dude. Yep, thank you. Absolutely. All right, Lucas, my friend, what do you got going on this weekend? You know, I don't have any plans this weekend. It's been a while since I haven't had like stuff to do around the house or anything. So kick back. I really do need to finish Spider-Man. <laughs> that's, that's like the one big game. I need to start that... it. <laughs> you need, I need to, to start it still. You need to start a lot of games, Ryan. <laughs> that's you're right. Probably you're right. My weekend there. What about you? Uh, I don't, you know, I don't, I haven't really thought about it. I haven't really been playing much Destiny 2. Uh, I'd like to get back into that, finish the season strong. Uh, although I think there's still like a, at least like a month or 45 days, uh, left. But we'll be gearing up here for Beyond Light with that. Probably grinding out some more, uh, Avengers, but really just keeping it, uh, chill this weekend. So, uh, we had the, uh, uh, the Las Vegas Raiders. They got their first dub, uh, this past weekend as, uh, uh, the, the team in Las Vegas. So that is absolutely huge. Their first win for here. They're going to be here in, uh, Allegiant Stadium this coming up weekend. So that's exciting. Um, you know, and my fantasy leagues are going and whatnot. So that's always fun. We'll see how long, uh, 
the season goes and, and that stuff goes. But other than that, man, I'm just going to be keeping it chill. We hope you guys are going to be keeping it chill uh, out in the uh, out in the Internet world and whatnot. Thank you guys again so much for listening, for joining us uh, again. We're reading the uh, the comments. Continue to leave reviews, guys. Uh, we see that uh, and, and everything. We're glad that you guys are enjoying the show. Thank you guys again. Don't forget today, Sony 1 p.m. PST will be dropping that showcase. Keep your fingers crossed that that we get the price, that we get the date. It is undeniable. They better not mess with us and give us what we want. Uh, and we will see you guys real soon. Thank you guys so much for joining us. And you know what it is. We love your faces. <laughs> The wait is finally over. Football is back. You might not be at a game this year, but you can still be in on the action at betonline.ag. BetOnline is going the extra mile to make sure you can get in on every possible chance to win this season. From game spreads and totals to team, player, and coaching props, BetOnline gives you more options to wager than anywhere else. You can get in on the season opening bonuses today and start off wagering on wins, division, and championship futures all day, every day. Head to Bet Online today and take advantage of all the great sign up bonuses. Don't forget to use their promo code BLUEWIRE at betonline.ag. That's BLUEWIRE, all one word. Bet Online, your online sportsbook experts. <laughs>